Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigas. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about a real classic of the Amiga library, Aaron. Agony. Aaron, this bird is, this game is about an owl, okay? And yeah. there was some talk on the Discord about what the best owl-related game on the Amiga was. I believe that Agony is probably the only owl-related game on the platform, but do you know of any other games that heavily feature an owl on any platform? Yes. I can think of a couple. Uh, the Winnie the Pooh games. There's an owl in that in Pooh's land, as I recall. Uh, Were there any Winnie the Pooh games? Yeah, I've got. In fact, I just uh, I just unwrapped some for the Coco. Okay, I, I haven't played any. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see, owl-related games. Who is the most famous owls? Owl Man from Mega Man Two. Okay, you also got uh, the uh, Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Pop Owl, remember mm-hmm. that guy? Yep, the world may never know. You got the Hootie, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Darius Rucker, Hootie uh, and the Blowfish. No, no, he's not an owl, though. Mm. You got owl, the owl guy from uh, Watchmen. Yeah, what was his name? Owlman, owl man, I think. Uh, and then you've got, uh, we've got to be missing some major league, I mean, because owl is a pretty cool bird. There's the owl from The Secret of Nim. Okay, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that was that was uh, uh, the same fellow that animated uh, Dragon's Lair. Yeah, Don Bluth. That's right. Um, so this is probably the most active owl in a game, mm-hmm. I would say. The most well-animated owl. Maybe the sure. only owl you could actually play. Yeah. Sort of like Thanatos, you don't often get to play the owl. No, you really never get to play yeah. the owl. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny story behind the owl, too. I can't but wait to hear I'll it. I'll save that for later. Well, I'll tell you what we're not saving for later. And that's what's been going on this week in the world of everythingamiga.com, Aaron. Very good. So we've got a, a few offerings up here from the Dreamcatcher. Now, I'm not going to lie, Boatster. Uh, the first uh, thing he's popped up here is a little story. It actually goes into great detail about the movie Arachnophobia. Now, uh, this movie had uh, John Goodman in it. Now, I've never seen this movie. I, I was going to say, I've never seen it either. And it seems like the kind of film that I would see, mm-hmm. but I like spiders, man. Are you are you on the side of the spider? No, I'm on the side of the boot. Ah, okay. I don't like spiders. I've got a I've got a thing with spiders. They stay the hell out of my life, if, and I don't smash them. It's like you're like Indiana Jones, right? If they get anywhere near me, their their life is forfeit. I smash the crowd. Mm. I don't like them. Mm. They're creepy and eight legged. And so I always wonder when this movie got made. I thought to myself, who would go see this film? about creepy spider killing well the answer is i don't think that many people did but i mean it's people remember it. oh yeah you know? i remember when it when it was new i think there was a mcdonald's promotion well i wouldn't do a promotion with my food that involved bugs maybe that was not the case maybe you know what i mean right i think that. i would i think i would not do that <laughs> and i will say having not seen the movie i've not played the game so there you go your mileage may vary on that one. but i mean Dreamcatcher goes in there he's got the usual still shots mm-hmm. and all the all the crazy stuff here that that uh, you would expect from one of his articles. Uh, his next article here uh, is, you can tell a penguin by what he has to say. 
and uh, this one is a he goes into a penguin games. He's got he I see pe a pingo down here, which you know I'm not gonna lie, I love pingo boat. Mm -hmm. As you know, no, I can't remember. Did I show you pingo, or did you know before I, before I showed it to you? The, no, actually, Brent introduced me to pingo way back, way back when yeah. I first met him. That was the first game I ever played on Mame. Really? Yeah. You could have done worse, uh, dude. Uh, I don't think the bulk of this is about. This is about a game called Crazy Seasons. Right. But Pingo's mentioned. He mentions mm -hmm. several different uh, penguin-related games. Penguins, uh, unlike much, owls, penguins are much more often featured as playable. They're much characters. more represented in in gaming. Yeah, uh, and but they're also cute. You know, owls are more sinister looking. True. Penguin, you can't imagine a penguin say running up and eating a rat. You know, <laughs> what do they eat? I don't even fish. fish is that it? Yeah. Snow. You know, my boy got to actually hold a penguin, or like pet one, and really stuff at, the, at the zoo. Yeah, well, you had to pay. Mm. Don't think you didn't have to pay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they let him. It was that was pretty cool. A tree actually got to hold one too, so that's kind of neat. I sat in the lobby. What's been going on at the uh, over on um, the <laughs> ARG beat, Aaron? Uh, um, last week we did our uh, uh, riveting look, if I may say, at the Fairchild Channel F. Now this is the first. Whoa, that's audio. This is the first episode of ARG that I have not yet watched because I've been on summer break. My schedule's been interrupted. So uh, tell got, me about this episode. You've got no Aaron. interest in this Fairchild Channel. I love the Channel F. Look how striking a figure I am. You, you, striking I is am the word that shirt. I would use. Um, uh, Fairchild Channel F, an interesting machine. The uh, uh, It was the forerunner for a lot of what console gaming became. Mm -hmm. uh, it, well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a console system with a twist, right? Because weren't oh, that was the Odyssey that all the games were actually no, on. No, the the, yeah, this actually had cartridges. Okay. Uh, they looked like big eight tracks, and mm -hmm. they sometimes had multiple games on them. Uh, it, it's got way more to do with the Odyssey two than the Odyssey one in a lot of ways. The controllers, very you kind of hold it like this, and, you, and there's a little knob, mm -hmm. and you could actually twist the knob. Pretty like cool a, controller. They were that. Well, I've never actually held one. Mm -hmm. I'd like to. I will say that uh, uh, I liked my game. Uh, uh, it's super simple. And uh, Prince, Prince was okay too. Actually, they're both pretty good games. But I mean, they're this is the the most basic gaming you're probably going to do. So this is this is this is on uh, several levels below the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. You'd say not several. No, okay. I wouldn't say that. I'd say maybe a level. I will say this: the put it, let me put this in perspective. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred had double the amount of memory that this mm. thing had. So I like this. I believe, as I uh, as I recall, this thing had four K. Uh, of memory, four kilobit bits of memory, so it was a very low end. But it was an interesting, uh, it was interesting and fun to play with, and uh, uh, we had a good time. You know, it, it, this is where a machine, these uh, home consoles escaped just being pong derivatives and tried some different stuff. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, I did a stream. Uh, actually, I've I've forgotten to change our uh, headliner on uh, on our YouTube channel now, so it looks like I'm still streaming ZX Spectrum, even though we're recording Amigos live. Um, I streamed some ZX Spectrum games, Aaron. Uh, one of my favorite oh. pastimes is yeah. going through all the great cassettes that uh, were, were given. And who was the guy that gave you those cassettes that you gave to me last week? Oh, gosh. I can't remember. Okay. I, I tried to give him a shout-out on the uh, the stream, and I couldn't remember who I'll it was either. I'll have to go either, back and look. I've got the, I kept the little box. Yeah. Thank you, that guy. Um, and uh, But we, I've gone through. We do a little bit of Gobbler, which is obviously a Space Invaders ripoff. Uh, we do some um, Grand Prix simulator. 
another Oliver Twins joint. This is a, a pretty interesting game. It's a very drift-heavy racing game, top-down. Pretty high quality, and finally, we couldn't escape the stream without doing a Horus game, Horus and the Spider, which is, uh, you know, yet a, another in the vast pantheon of Horus games released for the ZX Spectrum. Horus was really the mascot of the ZX Spectrum before Dizzy came along, I think. Horus is a strange-looking cat. Well, you know, he's just as God made him. <laughs> nice save, Boat. <laughs> All right. So, um, now, talk to me about, Aaron, Amigathon 2019 is coming uh, soon. We're less than two weeks out. We're just over two weeks out from Amigathon 2019. And um, hour 16, how close are we to the end now here? Uh, well, we've got. I've got uh, two more to produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be doing those this week, and then we'll be—I'll have all—we'll be posting hour twenty, which is the last hour that survived. Uh, we'll be—that will be being posted right before the Amigathon. Okay. So this was uh, hour sixteen, where we looked at uh, Jurassic Park, which again, you were out that week when me and Brent played that, and guess what? I still don't like it. <laughs> uh, I, I played this game extensively when it came out because it was AG. I just—I mm -hmm. never think it was that good. It's a game. not that great. Then we did uh, that the uh, uh, that tracker game on here uh, that I really liked. It was sort of like a rock band, mm -hmm. uh, a tracker hero. Right, right. And I really that came out of nowhere. Uh, to be honest with you, like homebrew. I don't know. I can't. I wish I remember who suggested it, but it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And then we also had, had a round of uh, sensible soccer. It's funny. I have no recollection of this game of soccer. No, none. So I, I don't know what was happening. But one thing I do know. If you're going to watch Amigas on 2018, there's going to be a, a hairy-legged man <laughs> on the couch behind us. <laughs> and a man in disco hair. But we had a lot of fun, and I will say, uh, uh, Hour 17 should be out uh, in the next two days. I'd say we'll put that one out. So uh, we, they're coming, and uh, Hour 17 is particularly amusing. So that, but they're they're all. If you're in, if you want to catch up and uh, get ready for the new one. What you should do is go back and just watch all of these hours in like one weekend. Mm -hmm. You get ready to go. That's right. That's right. Uh, and finally, um, I have actually that's that's also from a week ago when I put that out. So never mind. We're done with the everythingamiga.com site updates, YouTube channel have, news, etc. Have, have you have we mentioned Gary's? Uh, wait, do we talk about? We did talk about the keyboard. Oh yeah. Last week. Now awesome. one thing that we didn't mention actually was our last episode of Our Sinclair, our yeah. sister show. Uh, we covered RoboCop. For the uh, the the 16k, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the 48k version, um, and uh, I guess we we talked a little bit about the the 128k with the music and stuff like that. But uh, if you're interested in getting your weekly dose of uh, ZX Spectrum action, check out our Sinclair. You know, I went back and played this a little more this week. Did you? Yeah. Well, there's a reason. Uh, I uh, uh, someone made a comment on there uh, about on our video about something. I was like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and try to at least do better. Mm -hmm. And I did. Uh, one thing, I'll, and we've sort of mentioned this before, but a lot of these Spectrum games, and some of the Amiga games too, really, it, people would spend weeks or months mastering these games. And so, and these are better players than we are. Oh yeah. Boat, especially you. Uh, and so, uh, uh, I feel like sometimes I we stink because it, these games weren't meant for us. They were meant for people that are going to spend a lot of time and they want a lot of jack for their for their money. That's man, right. You know? I think that's so, fair. 
you know. So I, but I mean, I did do better at this mm-hmm. than my second go around. And, and this game didn't seem to be unfairly difficult. It's a, it's a, it's it's a game of memorizing the levels and the enemy placements. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, I sort of think that's unfair. But well, but I mean, personally, because it's not a game of skill. If, if it's if you're memorize, it's a game of memorization skill. But I mean, I found it incredibly difficult, and parts of where you just can't get past, just kind of mm-hmm. lumber through like an idiot. You know, but still, I mean, it's 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 not bad. It's no. not a bad game. No, no. Oh, Lobsterminator in the chat says that he thinks that he requested Tracker Hero last Bam. year. So you thank you, Lobby. All right, Aaron. It's been a busy week in the world of Amiga news. It's time to talk about Amigathon. We just finished talking about it. We're going to talk about it some more. Yeah. July twentieth, uh, two thousand nineteen, right here in Amigo Studios. You can be part of Amigathon. Uh, we Ooh. have raised. Uh, $781 as of yet, almost halfway to our goal. The game, the, the evening schedule, or the day's schedule is almost completely full. I think we have one or two spots left. But um, feel free to go to Amigathon.com and uh, donate to fill those out. Or you can just donate just to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, which is what the donations will be going to once the schedule fills up. Actually, all those, all the money goes to Children's Miracle Network. Uh, there are some donation incentives if you donate $30, you get a cool Amigathon 2019 magnet. $15 or more gets you a postcard with the logo on it. I like the logo for the Amigathon this year. I'm glad you like it. I also like the fact that if you scroll up a little bit, mm-hmm. if you're, for those of you watching last year, we're built like, as angelic. We're encased in this like angel yeah. box. Oh, yeah. The big old halo. See, that's, that's, how, that's, I want this, when I finally leave this mortal coil, I like to have that stamp of the casket. <laughs> Is that picture? That's character of me. I'm on there too for some unknown reason. Even even though I died decades before. We can get twin coffins, (laughs) and then whichever one of us goes first, the other one is mandatorily killed. Hey, stuffed in a coffin. That's not a bad idea. Mm. So, um, Amigathon, two weeks away. Um, Here's something that, uh, you know, before we go any further, Aaron, Mm -hmm. yesterday was a special day. It was the birthday of our country, the birthday of this great nation, America. Yeah. Yeah, man. But really, there was another celebration going on over in England town. Oh yeah, England town. England town. That's right. what they call it when you're local. Pixels at Dawn had a birthday yesterday, Aaron. Oh yeah? He did. How old is the Pix? Pix and me are the same age. So somewhere in the so, lower 40 zone. No, come on, man. 38. 38 Pixels at Dawn. Sure you are. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to give a big shout out to Pixel. Pixels is the chairman of our Amigos Game Selection Committee. He's like uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, he's the chairman. He runs the he he runs the polls that close every week. He's he uh, is the person that lets me know what games the Game Selection Committee pick. He write he makes all those awesome travel log videos when Amigos goes on the road and and they, he goes to all those that's shows in England yeah, we can't go to. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. So happy birthday, Pix. We love having you as part of the community. Thank you for uh, being being. Part of the Amigos. We're like the weatherman on the Today Show. When you know, like a special shout out to our good buddy, like Gertrude. You know, I saw, <laughs> who was the guy that was famous for that? Um, um, not Al Roker. Willard Scott. Willard Scott. I saw Willard Scott at the Cleveland Clinic one time. Oh, yeah? When I was up there. Did he yeah. give you a shout out? No, he, he looked very old and feeble. Mm. I think he's no longer with us. Really? He was a big guy, too, back in the day. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. This speaking of pixels at dawn, he tipped us off over in the Discord about this video. This is um, this guy. Oh my gosh, 
I don't know, Gather is really not being cool right now. I want to go to the site, not open it up in a thing. That's all right, I guess we'll just deal with it. This guy, have you heard of this guy before, Retro Recipes? I have, and also his legendary hair. Yeah. Not only does he have legendary hair, he's also got a legendary voice. This guy sounds like, like, um, I don't know what he sounds like. A real smooth, like, real uh, smooth talker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, found an Amiga 4000 with a big Apple sticker on it that uh, has all of Team 17's inner workings. Mm. Um, so you can check that out. I've seen this yet, actually. Yeah, um, it's really, really well done. Uh, he's uh, he's he's really done a good job filming this. This guy um, does top quality work. I hadn't really watched a lot of his stuff before, but I'm gonna start, I subscribe to his channel just because he's got such a great voice. You see those robots he's got in the floor oh, back yeah. there? I'd those, love to have some of those. Those look like the things you see away on Starcade. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Robots so, are outstanding. I think we could both agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, make sure you check out this guy, Retro Recipes, and his Team 17 Amiga 4000. Ooh, okay, I'm going to look into that. It looks good. All right. Coming up next, this is the Amiga PCB Explorer. Oh, I remember this from what way back. We, yeah. We had a look at this. So this was, the, this was something that we looked at when the show first started, but it came up again on the Discord, and I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew about it. You can actually go in here, select an Amiga model, and look, download a high-res picture diagram of the PCB. So if you're doing troubleshooting, if you just want to figure out how something works, you can. It's a really, really super cool site. Um, Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. And you can watch these print these out. That's what I was thinking. Line the walls with PCBs from the Amiga. That's right. them all. I've got a new idea for Amiga Studio Z. That is nice. Yeah, yeah. That's handy, too. I actually, believe it or not, I use this. Back in the day, do you remember way back when my uh, Amiga C32 stopped working? Mm-hmm. And some of the lines had been, I, how this happened, I've never known, but some of the lines from the, uh, that got, got uh, some lines got cut going from the uh, connector. And so I had to go back and I used this site to try to tra- help me trace those things out. It was quite handy. Cool. So, yeah. uh, and this is AmigaPCB.org. I recommend it. All right, Aaron, moving right along. We've got a new kind of, um, this comes from Hackaday. Yeah. And you know these uh, these FPGA units are all the rage these days. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. For those that haven't moved on, that have been woke to the reality of the, um, the atomic pie, those still lingering in the Neanderthal-like mists of the FPGA, if you want to get your thing, if you want to get your board online, you can get online with this ESP8266 doodad. This uh, article on Hackaday talks about how a user using their FPGA to emulate an Amiga can use this board to get that emulated Amiga online. Yeah. Do you think this is a bridge too far, Aaron? Having no. to buy a special board to get your emulated board to simulate going online? It is wacky. But I will say this. I, you know, I, I like Hackaday. However, since you brought it up, uh, they wrote an article. I'm pretty sure it was Hackaday where I read this. They wrote, or they wrote a review of the Atomic Pie about a month ago, mm. and the reviewer uh, was the. Uh, let's just say he put the hack in Hackaday. This was a hack writer, and if you're listening, you're a hack, sir. He did a crap job reviewing this uh, board, and he buried it deep mm. beneath the Earth's crust like a jerk. So you could bite it, sir. Well, but I'm this, glad this you- looks wacky. And you're right. Have a bridge too far? I mean, I think that sums it up. I mean, they should have called this article a bridge too far. If this is your bag, though, you know, let everyone do everything. If you want to get a, a secondary board for your 
like simulated primaries, whatever. It doesn't matter. Do it. I mean, do it. Do it. Get several of them. Yeah. Go crazy. You know, it's a free world. Now, this is a uh, podcast that I found out. It's not a podcast. This is a blog right. called Ram OK Rom OK. It's a podcast if you have the computer read it to you. That's you know, true. Like the Amiga News, the Amiga text to speech, news, right? Yeah. So um, this site gives you, you know, there's tons of retro podcasts out there. I've heard that. There's yeah. there's a lot. There's more than a couple. And say that you don't want to actually listen to all of them unless it's something that particularly interests you. Okay. What Ram OK, Rom OK does is they've got this, this selection called AV Output where they give you a podcast and YouTube roundup of all the most popular channels and uh, shows on the net. Okay. Why did that bring them up? I don't know. Because they list us at the top of the list. You're kidding me. That's we're, right. We're part of this gang. We're right above Ten Pence Arcade, Atari Bytes, and Broken Token. Bizarre. Well, it's the old Activision strategy. I see. What's that mean? Activision formed their company so they would be first above. Is that yeah. is that why we're there? Yeah, that's okay. why we're there. So they got Amigos and Arson Clear on there. Yeah. Double yeah. trouble. Yeah. So check these guys out if you want to just get a quick roundup of what was featured on each week's podcast for that week. They they've got all the big podcasts on. You know, there. I just got, gave myself a, as well, as I joked with you just now. I gave myself a brilliant idea for my brand new show. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so we love podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. right, But who's got time for all these podcasts, right? Now, I would love podcasts based on stuff that don't exist, right? Sort of like what we started this year, right? So what do you do? You go find some sucker's blog, Mm -hmm. then you literally feed it into the Microsoft Talk thing, Mm -hmm. and you record it, and you you force them to have a podcast of their show, and then you release it. You can't fail. You should do it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. (laughs) I love it. Moving on, Amatopia, Aaron, has broken some news. I'm going to try this way and see if we can get... Oh, there we go. Look at you. Okay. What a hacker. So, um, did you know, Aaron, that three of the biggest cinemas in Norway used Amigas? I did know that, yeah. Well, for those of you... I keep up my Norwegian news. Yeah, for those of you not up on the Norwegian news, I guess uh, on these uh, these back-end cinemas in, uh, uh, in Norway, I really... I'm getting all tongue-tied, man. Back in cinemas, we got it. Keep going. <laughs> Nothing. I know when I go to the, when I go to the theater, I'm trying to find the back end cinemas. <laughs> what does that mean? It's where you're going to see the quality films. <laughs> so they play the, They start at the end and then they work their way backwards. So you know the uh, the program Scalia. Uh, this is yes. like the the Microsoft PowerPoint. Uh, Predecessor, some say it was better than PowerPoint. Most of these people are big Amiga fans. Uh, they uh, no kidding. Yeah, uh, they use Scalia to show ads in cinemas. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool. Amatopia, they're a real wacky site. Uh, they've got some. Oh some, yeah. Some, some, We've some, covered them several times. Yeah, and so uh, make sure you check this this article out, particularly if you are of the Norwegian persuasion, like so many of our fans are, and uh, you want to uh, leap back in time to uh, back when Scala. So does this was mean used? that? These, that these uh, theaters have an Amiga somewhere stuck in them? Is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah. See, we need pictures of that. I'd I want love to pictures see of, like the, of like the projector, and then directly under it, they've got the Amiga like wired in, hardwired. Hardwired in, in. just right. soldered, real messy job. All right. Hack down these trace again. Finally, Aaron, I know you've been eager to test the speed of your Amiga once it's online. That's true. 
you can now do that with this new program that was just launched on AmiNet called Ami Speed Test. Yeah. Pretty good name. Uh, this allows you to uh, get your um, Amiga connected computer or your internet connected Amiga and uh, run a speed test in much the same way that you'd go to fast.net or the, I what was that site, Oola or something like that? Oola? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I remember they they always wanted me to test from the more only West Ookla I know is Ookla the Mock. Remember him? Huh. You don't. We've talked about. Did him he before. have two Polynesian boys no. as well? He had Ookla the Mock, Princess Ariel, and Thundar the Barbarian. I know about Thundar and his fabulous son Sword. Oh yeah, Ookla was the like blob thing, and right? No, U- no. You're now see you're you're getting this confused with the whole other cartoon. Oh. You're thinking of the uh, the the blob guys. Mm-hmm. The Ookla is like a sort of like a. a Sort of like a uh, you know Chewbacca type. He rides a real weird looking horse from Thundar. Did you ever watch Thundar? What was the cartoon that had the blobs? That um, that was the Hanna Barbera cartoon. Whole different cartoon. Actually, I think both of them are Hanna Barbera. I think about it, but no. he was also a barbarian. Right, but that's a, that was a whole different cartoon. I know the one you're talking about. And I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Okay. Which one began in 1999 in the far-flung future? Was that's, that, that, was that was Thundar? Thundar. Okay. A, a runaway planet hurtled between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Unleashing Thundar from well, his no, long He was sleep. around. He wasn't sleeping. Was he just chilling? This happened, and then the hundreds of years later, Thundar showed up. Oh, so he wasn't there for the duration. No. This happened, like, this happened, like, like right now, it could happen. And then, a hundred years from now, that'd be a Thundar. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Let's talk about this week's game, Aaron. Agony. <laughs> and I thought about this name of this game quite a bit this week. I've always it always has intrigued me. They should have put uh, the original box art for Pike Mania on the uh, on this on this game because remember they had that guy going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you might go to somebody's boat. So you know, let's talk about Agony. And I, I was I was a little bit more familiar with this than I have been in some of our previous games. So this bad boy. Uh, debuted in 1992. Three big discs, boat, uh, on this one, and was uh, developed by Art and Magic and published by Psygnosis. And the development is sort of interesting, which I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, one thing I want to mention is um, uh, the uh, the cover, the very iconic uh, logo or whatever of the. Uh, of the uh, the Owl. symbols, the agony. Mm-hmm. No, the actual writing of the of the. Have you seen the name on the box? Oh yeah, oh, that was that. I think that was a Roger Dean joint there. What? The, Roger uh, Dean would not waste his time writing the word agony oh, on a well, box. No, but he's cool looking. It's cool guy looking. Uh, so uh, let's talk about some of the boys that worked on this. So you had uh, you had a decoder on this one was Yves Grolet, mm-hmm. and the gra- uh, the graphics guys were uh, Frank Sauer. And Mark Albinet. Now these guys all worked on a game called Unreal, which and not the one, not the not more modern one. Yeah. Uh, so these guys and these guys all worked together on Unreal. And of course, there was a slew of musicians on this game uh, that worked on it. It's funny when you look at the credits. Like there's one song listed that has like six guys that worked on the one song. It's like song. a Beyonce song. No, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that. You know, it's like they have like a. a by committee, they right. did this song. But it's instrumental. Like, oh, what yeah. were they doing? Well, Each if writing, you like, listen to the soundtrack, you can see how that happened. No, but this was one song. Like, you know, if we're, you're watching these, it comes up and it's like this. It says, like, credit songs. It's like six guys listed. It's like, <laughs> how, what were they doing? Each writing, like, one note? They're collecting a paycheck. That's <laughs> right, what they're doing. Right here, right here it is. Yeah, loading, loading music. music. There's, maybe guys. there's different types of loading music. Maybe that is. Yes, maybe that's loading for every screen. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, I'll just run down the list. So you had some of the musicians that worked in this. Timothy Bright Wright, uh, Robert Ling, Matthew Simmons, Martin Wall, Martin Iverson, Jerowen uh, Tell, Frank Saucer, and the uh, very famous Alistair Brimble uh, also worked on this. And what happened was when uh, Art and Magic decided to have Psygnosis publish this, Psygnosis brought in the big the big dogs mm-hmm. to help them out in some of this stuff. And so guess what? The big dogs were a bunch of these guys that oh, were like, yeah. you know, you know, that work, work, did work for something. I wonder how much of the game was complete before the big dogs were brought in. Well, I'll, a good chunk, okay. I would say. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. So uh, what is this game? It's a interesting game that has you playing the part of an owl, which you're actually a, uh, uh, you're actually a wizard that has transmuted into an owl or whatever. Um, the plot of this game, did you actually read the docs instead of the plot? There's a plot. And, I'll, and it's funny this happened. So when, they, when these fellows were making this game, uh, they said, and this is a quote. I read a, a blog from one of the guys. They wanted to do something. They'd seen, they'd seen Shadow of the Beast. They were like, holy crap. This, this intricate opening, mm-hmm. this, these uh, layered scrolling uh, uh, screens, we've got to get us some of this sweet action. Sure. So we're going get get, to get in on some of that stuff. And so they uh, decided to make a game that used uh, that had all these elements, right? So um, they wanted to have an animated opening sequence to to beat the band, mm-hmm. all right. So they had a, they they put a guy on it and had him working. And so the backstory of this game, which presumably would have been displayed in this opening, is that this uh, this wizard guy has basically uncovered. The secrets to life, the universe, and everything. Make your own planets. It's like the all. Is he the wizard from the Art and Magic logo? Uh, who knows? Mm. And that would be perfect because that guy's a wizard. Yeah. It's all encompassing super magic. Well, this guy's going to die, and he mm. knows it. And so, he's got to decide which of his two pupils get the power. He's got two pupils. One is the is the fellow that turns into the owl, and the other is this guy called Mentor. Okay. So he has to devise a test that will. Ensure that the strongest one gets the power, and the weakest one gets like eliminated, basically. And so Boy, that doesn't seem fair. And so this is the test. He's got to have this guy travel through, and I guess Mentor is going to try to stop him, right? That's the plot of this. So game. that he's putting both his students against each other. That's right. He's an evil wizard. No, he's not evil. He wants the best guy. What kind of teacher Listen, puts both his two students against each other second. in a battle to the death? Let's say Leo Laporte called. Okay. He said, "Listen, I need a new co-host for my show." And I want the best conceivable podcaster. And he's like, I'll listen to the Amigos, and you and Boat are like in one and two position. I will only take one of you, and it'll be the one that kills the other one. Right? You'd be dead a million times. Yeah, I'd fold like Superman on Monday. That's a brilliant way to do it. Right? And I would work with Leo. It'd Mm -hmm. be that easy. Of course, he's a Mac guy, so we wouldn't get along. So really, I'd be in trouble. I guess I'd be killed. (laughs) So anyway, that was the plan. And so you play... Uh, your guys turned into this owl. Who wouldn't fly out to the game? Mm-hmm. Try to try to beat everything in in your way, and ultimately you fight Mentor at the end. That's the plot. Mentor is a really lame name. It is a strange name, considering that that guy isn't your mentor. That's he, a, and he sounds like a Masters of the Universe cast off, really. Well, listen, mentor. Listen, I didn't name him. Maybe he's Minty Fresh. I don't know what the story is. So here's what happened. They made this game. They got together. They got this guy working on this intricate 
awesome opening sequence. All right, well, they get to work on this game with Psygnosis, and lo and behold, they creep into that fourth disc zone. Mm. That's a no-no. Yeah. Too many. Too many. So something's got to go. So the long, drawn-out animated sequence that opened this game, cut, got axed. Guillotine. It was gone. So, and all you have to, all you can do now is effectively read the manual. Because even if you watch, I watched this. I played every level of this game. And I watched it played in its entirety. One cannot ascertain the plot from no. these uh, still shots. Well, and the thing is, if you watch the end of the game. I don't know if you watched the end of the game. I think I forgot that. I, I, I watched most of it, and then I didn't watch the ending, which is weird for me. The end of the game is, uh, it's one of those, here's some text, here's some more text, here's yet more text, the end. Mm. You know, like, it's like, burp, 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 burp. Yeah. you know, you worked your... Like, it's clear from this screen, you know exactly what's coming up next, you know? It looks like one of the guys from Shadow of the Beast, actually. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, well, that's something else that was one of the things they wanted to uh, put in the game that Shadow of the Beast has is they've got these beautiful uh, still screens mm -hmm. that are like paintings, and so they wanted to do that too. And so what these guys did when they developed this game, this is, and this is straight from the mouth of this, of Frank Sauer, all right, one of the guys that worked on it. They split the levels up, so they, like... Uh, a couple guys worked on levels two, one guy worked on level three, and so they, they would get a different theme going, right? They also wanted to do something that was more nature-based, right? Mm, so that's why... Like more nature. So and so that's why in this game, as opposed to like uh, going to hell or some or space, where this is all like, everything in the game is a, a natural. You've got yeah. swamps and forests and mountains and, 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 and that sort of thing, and oceans and whatnot. And it looks realistic. It doesn't have that Lionheart sort of like alien, like, because Lionheart was very organic and nature-y too, it but was, it looked odd. And this was, looks this looks more earthen. It does. And and uh, Frank here actually uh, did the six paintings and he for the low levels. That was all part of their plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the big things they had to do in this game was to try to figure out how to get their goal was to get tons and tons of layered scrolling. And they would come up with all these crazy tricks. And they did stuff that no one had seen. It mm -hmm. was blowing everybody's mind. So in 1991, they started pitching this game. And lo and behold, here comes Psygnosis. They're like, yeah, we want some of this sweet action. Mm -hmm. And then and they were and they were in. Uh, so and they signed up to do to do the game. Uh, the uh, uh, of course this is right up Psygnosis's alley. I mean, if you look at this game. Uh, it looks like a scroll. If you said, "Hey, I need a, I want to shoot 'em up," but I want it to be like Shadow of the Beast, and then I want the music to be sort of like Shadow of the Beast, and I want the, I want the uh, art style to be like it, this is. I mean, you, you, I thought for sure some of the same guys would have worked mm -hmm. on it. You know, it's it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's very Shadow of the Beasty. Uh, of course, here's you know one thing that always blows my mind. And this is a beautiful game. No matter what you say about the gameplay, we'll get to it in a moment. Um, another game here. Uh, uh, that is, you know, it's amazing that an ECS OCS computer can put this sort of graphical display out. Oh there. yeah, it blow it blows my well, mind. It just it, it 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 shows once again that all you know AGA was just one of the biggest disappointments in computing history. Well, that's not true. AGA could do just more, but it but could do. They squeeze a lot of what they had. No, AGA sucks. No. It does. It was the biggest disappointment in computing history. What do you base it on, Boat? Okay, like, okay, pretend like there was an AGA version of this game. I'll tell you what you'd get. You'd get slightly more gradation between the blue and the pink layers of the parallax backgrounds. That's it. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let you wallow you're in your victory. You're gonna let me, you're gonna, gonna let, let you me wallow in your victory. I'm gonna let you just stew over that. You can, I don't agree with you on that one anyway. Um, 
So, let's get to the actual game here. Uh, you are tasked with traveling through uh, uh, all these various uh, scenarios, uh, various stages with your owl to and beating an end boss and end level. It, they did not reinvent the wheel in no. terms of gameplay. Uh, your owl. Now, one thing they there are some there are some differences that make this a, and a more interesting sort of a shooter, and in, in some ways, and not as interesting. So. This game, uh, as beautiful as it is, has a, a much like a Shadow of the Beast. It has crummy enemies. I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm just going to say it up front. And when I say crummy, it's the way that they enter the screen, the way that they move around. I, I just don't like it. I never. It's the same thing. It's Shadow of the Beast does the same exact thing. Where, like, for example, uh, four or five of the same looking enemy just falls out of the yeah. sky, yeah. and they might spin around. The word you're talking about is laziness. Well, and I don't know. I see. I can't say that because I think I don't know if it has something to do with the, all the stuff they had going on. Maybe they couldn't get. I mean, when I'm playing one of these games, I want stuff to come out like in like our type or something. Yeah, I'd like the enemies to move and not just float. Yeah, they just kind of they, they kinda, float in, then they float back out. Yeah, it's it's. I'm trying to think of a game that this reminds me, of, but I can't. Shadow of the Beast. Well, no, but I'm talking a, fire, a shooting game. Oh, but I mean, well, well there, there's plenty of shooting games that are like this it's, too. It's 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 weird and not in a good way, in to, in my opinion. That stuff just kind of shows up. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the the least amount of when you think about the amount of effort that went into these backgrounds, and then you contrast that with the amount of effort that went into the enemies. There's it's such a stark contrast. It, it, it really is. The, and the thing is, the enemies don't look bad. That's not no. that. It's just the way they travel. It's like if I took a, if I took a, a, a very beautifully drawn uh, like picture and took my mouse cursor and went, mm-hmm. and that I mean that because the enemies aren't animated, right? For the most part, not mm-hmm. now some of them are, but for the most part they just like it's like a picture of an enemy and it just goes, and you're trying to shoot it. And yeah. It's like well that's that's kind of lame. There's something mm-hmm. spinning. The bullets in this. They they're yellow and and they just look they look real out of place, mm-hmm. don't they? I couldn't. Most of the enemies are monochromatic. Um, again, you know, maybe you're you're starting to run into some of the color limitations. I, I don't know if there's a, an issue on the back end there, but or maybe they they couldn't think of a way if they made the enemies too colorful, maybe it would take away from the backgrounds. But it definitely doesn't do the game any favors that way, especially when you look at how beautiful your owl is. That, I mean, no, your owl's a work of art. It's remarkable how well animated. Yeah. The owl is big. And so that's real and funny. The owl being so large is probably the hardest aspect of the game. Because I didn't find this game particularly difficult. Did you? No. I mean, <clears throat> it, it, it's definitely on the easier side of the shooters that we played recently. That, yeah. So that was nice. But I mean, it, what was hard about it was just the fact that your owl was so large. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is uh, you could subtly lose all your men in this as easy as pie after you think you've crushed the level. I did that a bunch of times. Now, luckily, I found the. I don't know. Did you use the cheat? I on did this? not get the cheats to work. All you have to do on the on the screen, there's you, a, when the when the game starts up, there's a sort of piano piece. To yeah, play. you type in fantasy, right? And it works perfectly for me. I didn't have any trouble. Did you play this on the real Amiga? Maybe I it was this, a. I played uh, on both. Okay, I couldn't get the cheats to work. For um, me. I don't know and why. And the. Uh, <laughs> the cheat allows you, among other things, to give yourself extra man or a power up. Yeah, when I would try and push the various F keys, I, I would get just like the game would skip levels, but it wouldn't let me move. It was it was real odd. So, so. let's talk about the, now. The, so basically, yes, you're now you scroll from left to right, you shoot bad guys, you shoot an boss. Okay, there's that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some of the more unusual aspects of the game. Uh, there are power ups in the game. 
Uh, now, power-ups can be anything from an extra life to a spell, which I'll get to, to swords. Mm-hmm. And the swords... How did they explain the swords well, I, in the, I was going to get lore. to that. Uh, you basically, when you pick up swords, they just sort of hover. You can get two. One hovers over you and one hovers over under you. And as you move forward real fast, they'll slightly change their aspect. So you can, it's you like can, they don't keep up with the speed well, of your character. It's actually a good thing. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. actually get kind of in a weird way. You, you can, can do a little... It's like a stabbing action. I found the swords vital mm-hmm. to, to get anywhere. But here's the thing about it. Why are there swords... Could they not have come up with something else? Like little like owls or sparrows, yeah. Or, or balls of right. light or something. Swords, lame. Mm. I didn't like, I just think they look, and the thing is it makes it look stupid to me. Yeah. I didn't it get that. It does take away As from a the weapon, effect. it's fine, but it, it's just dumb. Another thing your owl can do, and this is, uh, uh, it's funny, I played this for years and had no idea you could do this. <laughs> so I was stunned to find this out when I played this Sunday. Um, of course, there is. You have an into access to an entire spell book. Now I've picked these little scrolls up for you. Didn't know what they did. Well, you've got spells. The spells are handy dandy. I mean, obviously. Now uh, the WHD load versions that I played had had uh, mapped the spells to the second button. So we hit the second button because the rule book says if you hold down your fire button for a, a certain amount of time, the spell book will come up. Whatever it is, when you're using a spell, the game pauses and stops. Mm-hmm. And you've got a list of spells, and there's a goodly amount of spells oh, yeah. in there, probably yeah. like 12 spells. Mm-hmm. And what the spells do, they range anywhere from pausing the action and just letting you shoot everything on the screen, to giving you uh, rear shooting, to giving you uh, more uh, oppressive front shooting, to like a heat seeking thing. And you where, better hope you have the docs, because there's no text accompanying what no, it, they, yeah, does it is. tell you up at the top? It tells you, it tells you what they, what they well, You've got to decipher what that stuff means. Well, that's what I'm talking but, about. But I mean, it does tell. It says, okay, this is whatever. But uh, um, yeah, you. Uh, well, I, I went through and tried every single one to see what they were, and to, before I even really played that much, because the way I know. Uh, but there's ones where it causes like a shield to be around you, like a plasma shielding, it's called. And then there's one that has like a a, a a light version of you that goes up and sort of like attacks everything that comes on the screen while mm-hmm. your other versions in the back. And then there's one that simply makes you indestructible for a certain amount of time. Uh, and these are handy to, to to use in the game. The problem is you have to get up, you have to go a certain distance before you get access to some of these. It's not like you could start off the game and just go bananas. Unless you use the cheat. You know, unless you use the cheat. Yeah, and then you can add, you can give yourself power ups and whatnot. Uh, but I think the uh, I, I thought that added a, 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 an interesting aspect to the game. It's sort of like. If you're playing like a, a raid or an archer or something, and instead of just dynamically giving you a power up, you get to pick. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the one thing it does do is slow the action down when you're going to use them. Now you're not going to be sitting there knocking spells off left and right. You know you're going to be using them whenever you need them. But but still, it does it stops the gameplay temporarily. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure how they could have gotten. I guess they could have maybe made a, a second bar, like a black bar down at the bottom of the screen and, and mapped your, your number keys. I'm not a, a sure of a better way. I mean, pausing the action isn't the worst thing in the world. Oh, I, I didn't have a problem with it at yeah. all, but I can see where people, it would bother yeah. you. Now, well, let me ask you this uh, while we're on the subject. Do you, how does this stack up against, I mean, you've played like Raiden 2 and all those games where you get powers ups, power ups as a shooting game. Do you prefer just to have the power ups come right up on the screen and you just pick up the one you want or do you prefer this spell level thing? I'd rather just pick them up because I, you know, when I'm playing an action game, I want nonstop action. I don't want anything getting in my way. Understood. 
I thought this added. I mean, I will. You say, know, another another preferred way of doing things would be the deluxe Galaga way and giving you a shop where you accrue credits and then you buy your power ups. Yeah, and I need another way still is if you play Alcon. I thought that was a pretty good system. That's where you you shoot the power up to get the one that you want. No, in that one you've got a selector button, and so you can you can. Every time you get a power up, there's a grid at the bottom, and it goes to the next one. Okay. And if you don't want that, when well, you just skip it until mm. the next one, then you hit the select button. So it's, it's, there are a couple ways to do this, but I will say I think this way. I will say I'm going to give the game credit here. I think for this sort of game, especially if you actually get into the backstory and stuff, and the guy's a wizard, it makes sense that this guy would have a spell book. Mm-hmm. And so it's a shame that that didn't come across that well without reading the documentation. Because yeah. I mean, but it, it does make sense for this particular sure. game. Um, Let's talk about the levels. You've got a uh, you start off with this uh, ocean level. Gosh, the animation on that level is out of this park. And every it? every level in this game has amazing animation. The, the, the background the background animation the is water, just unreal. The water crashes. Mm-hmm. The multiple layers mm-hmm. of background is astounding. And you've got layers up front where it's like shipwrecks and stuff. Yeah, it's it's got, this game has got to be the the most background layers it's, of it's, any Amiga game. It's so and then. You've got so you've got that level. Then you've got sort of like a a, a, a lowlands forest level. Then you've got like your a swamp type mm-hmm. level. And then you've sort of got this. And I think this is probably my favorite level. There's a level where you're in this mountainous zone, and you're it's like a upper forest level, and the trees sway in the background, and uh, and there are these walk paths, you know, like like a rope bridge that are tying mm-hmm. these peaks off in the distance, mm-hmm. and they swing they back sway, and forth. Yeah. And you'll see occasionally you'll see a guy up on a cliff with a sword held up and getting struck by lightning, going like, "Girl," or a unicorn up there. And I kept thinking to myself, "Man, I wish I was in that area." <laughs> right, right. You know, that I looks, want to be playing that game. That area looks so much cooler <laughs> than what I'm doing. Look at that. There's a unicorn back there, or there's a one where there's a dragon. Mm-hmm. He's like looking up at his fire shoot up in the air like it's a volcano. That's You're like, "My God." Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it was astounding. So the, clearly, they just unleashed a graphics guy. That's like just go crazy eight bonkers. On this, and they did, and so the backgrounds are outstanding. Music. You're a musician. You're a musician. You heard all these tunes. This game ha- is sort of polarizing in its tunes. What did What did you think about the tunes overall? Oh, it's awful. You, know, you did not like no. any of the tunes. What about the opening piano piece? Well, that, 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 I'm talking. No, okay. In, in due fairness, I have not listened to the full soundtrack. Okay. I mostly the the piano tune at the beginning is fine. You know, whatever. It's it's very moody. Yeah, um, the tune that plays when you first start the game is so jarring and out of place compared to what I mean. It doesn't even sound like music. It's like somebody had one of those Casio keyboards <laughs> and, and, that and, could emulate the or- had orchestra strike. Yeah, on, yeah, on, yeah. On, and they played every note. Yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I will say, no one, someone fell in love with the orchestra strike. <laughs> That's button. exactly right. I'm glad that we're in agreement with this. Uh, it's funny. I'm no musician, but even I, mean, I will say this. It, it puts you on edge. It does. Because you're like, God, this this kind of mood music, what's happening here? You know, I immediately turned the music off and listened to other music while playing. You turned it off? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, it's a mixed bag. Uh, I, you know, it's funny, the opening piano tune. If you remember the very opening tune, and I don't remember the, uh, I don't remember the, I don't mean the wind the woodwinds Shadow of the Beast music, but I mean the part where it plays right when you actually first get on a screen that stuff's moving on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this moody kind of, It's that's what it reminded me of. It was kind of that moody piano thing. This is super moody uh, piano music that starts the game out. And it's okay. 
I was kind of like you. I didn't think the music was garbage. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. But it wasn't... It was odd to me. It yeah. was not as good as Shadow of the Beast. I no. will say that. Shadow of the Beast has got great music. It does. It's got outsta- It's got outstanding uh, music in it. Um, I did play every level of this, uh, thanks to my little cheat. I watched the whole run through, uh, and and the levels are range from pretty awesome looking to astounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like I said, as we mentioned, uh, I, I just had to look up here. They're on this uh, the very last level here with all the stuff on fire and stuff. The fire uh, effects this are really good. I mean, this thing surpasses almost every Amiga game graphically that I can think of. I can't think of. I, I mean, can't think of anything that's good, like that looks t- this top good. Of the, top of the food chain. This I mean, in, in terms of parallax scrolling animated backgrounds, there's nothing else that can touch this. Oh, while I'm thinking about it, often people think to themselves, look at these guys. They put the owl in there because that's Psygnosis' uh, symbol. I always thought that, and Psygnosis did the game. According, according to the guys... Uh, the owl was a independent choice, not forced on them or given to them by anybody because they thought owls were cool. That's okay. So there you go. So you can you can make that what you want. But that's that's basically what was said. The owl was all their idea, and uh, that was just that was just the way it is. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you know this game was a tough game to stand in judgment of, and I knew this was going to be a real wacky one when we when we got picked out because. This game does a lot of stuff right, and it but it, but it, uh, it does a lot of stuff wrong. Where do you, what did you think? Oh, what were your overall assessment of this one, Boat? When it push comes to shove, let me tell you. If you could just take the game out of this and turn this into an After Dark esque screensaver, where this the backgrounds just scroll by as you watch them, it would be approximately one million times more enjoyable. So you didn't find any pleasure in the actual gameplay no, at all? No, I mean, there are there are so many good shooters on the Amiga. I mean, think about all the good shooters that we played over the years. Even just a couple weeks ago, we played a great shooter that's name escapes me. But, um, but th- this is just so generic and so poorly done. I mean... You know, I, I don't want to say it's worse than Hybris, but it's 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 definitely one of the games that... Worse than Hybris? Hybris is awesome! What are you talking about? Were you talking about the same game? You clearly have forgotten what Hybrid Episode is. one of Amigos? Yeah. The worst game we could have started with? Remember how dopey that crab thing looked jutting across the screen, the first boss? Remember how dumb it is to rotate the stick 360 to get your smart bomb to move? Hybris is an awesome game, and as I recall, you gave it glaring, you gave it high praise in the first episode. No, it's probably being nice. No, it's a great game. The, Hybris is a way better shooter than this. There's no argument there. I'd put this on the same level as Hybris. No, no, Hybris is a much. I think this is a much better shooter. Now, this is a much more attractive and modern shooter, uh, but uh, I think Hybris is a better shooter. Now. I think there's some fun to be had here. I'm yeah, gonna, I, gonna, I, you know, I'm not going to completely, you know, I, 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 I am serious though. I, I would love it if there was some sort of a hack or something where you could just turn these backgrounds into some sort of Amiga screensaver and just run that and play some cool music behind it. It would be super neat. I will say it's funny. I was when I was researching this game, someone and I don't know if this ever got finished, but someone uploaded a video. And it was about three minutes long. And it was they had taken they had taken this game and they had developed it in the Unreal Engine. Really? And so it was a, a sort of a modern take, and it was like basically someone playing the first level, and it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. I think that if they would have taken if they would have taken out the swords concept and and added some extra birds and made made that fit the theme more, 
the biggest I just can't get past how lame the enemies look in their attack patterns. I yeah. mean, you just got to do better. You, there's there, there's only two elements to a shooter. There's you and there's the enemies. Everything else is irrelevant. I, I, it's funny. This game also, the, when you think of games, this is the exact opposite of bullet hell. Like there are hardly any bullets at all. No. It's, all it's just more like enemy hell. Yeah, it's you're you're a very everywhere. you're quite a large sprite, and that adds to the challenge. But it's really just yeah. I really, this game gets a lot of praise from a lot of people. Um, mostly, I think due to the art and its association with Psygnosis. But, I mean, it is a it is a definitely, you know, average to below average shooter on the platform. I, well, if you consider all the good shooters on the Amiga, I would not put this in the top 10. No. Let's put it that way. But I mean, art-wise, it's number, probably number one. It's yeah. beautiful. Uh, the uh, the uh, professional reviewers uh, did not necessarily agree with us on this one, Boat. And I think I liked it a little more than you. Uh, but, uh, Folks over at Lemon gave it a 7.74. Amiga mm-hmm. uh, Action gave it an 86. Amiga uh, Format gave it a 60. That's a odd, which I'll have to read that review. Amiga Magazine gave it a 9 out of 10. And then Amiga Mania, 62%. Wow. So Amiga really Power gave it a 78%. Kind of all over the map here. CU Amiga, 85%. The One gave it an 84. And Zero 30 gave it a... 87. So you're probably looking at, if you average all those out, you're probably looking at somewhere in the B to C range. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's about right. I would say it's as, this is an A graphics game, a, a sort of a B minus musical game, and an actual the gameplay somewhere in the C level. The one thing I did enjoy about it is that, and that was refreshing, is that I didn't suck at it. That, yeah. that, I will say that's part the, of my the enjoyment. Diffi- the, the difficulty was not incredibly hard, which was welcome, for sure. Um, the the actual box uh, is this came with a poster. Uh, the box cover, as I mentioned, the logo was done by Roger Dean. The box cover artwork done by Tony. I can't Roberts. believe. I mean, Roger Dean, man, he did a bunch of good games. Yeah, uh, logos. Oh, well, he did a bunch of good record albums. Yeah, covers. but I'm saying, yeah, same guy. Yeah. Um, on eBay, uh, these were going for some bucks. Some of them. Now I saw. I looked at some finished uh, auctions. You're you're looking somewhere in the fifties. I even saw one of these go going up in the two hundred dollar range, which one would assume that one would come with the poster and everything mm-hmm. in, in, in it. Uh, these Psygnosis games are highly collectible, and so uh, this is another one that has that sort of rock star look to and it. And was this? I can't remember. Did this get released on the PC or was this Amigo? Uh, it's, I don't think it got released anywhere else. Okay, okay. So this is this is sort of an exclusive. I, it, it, this is a difficult game to, like I said, to look at and try to. I want to love it. I mean, I, there are so much aspects of that I really like, but it falls a little short for me. Let me tell you what some of our Discord users said. Uh, Chris Fold says this game reminds me of a girl at university. Great to look at, sounds nice, but way too hard to get along with and a bit lacking. <laughs> Six out of ten. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Deckard Threepwood says, I never played this back in the Amiga's heyday, so no nostalgia attached to it. Or is there? Well, if Shadow of the Beast 2 was a shoot 'em up, this would be it. Their appearance is extremely similar, the color palette is nearly identical, and I'm sure some of the same enemies have been used. Um, the music let this down for me. A shooter needs great pumping soundtrack, but I found that this music didn't go with this type of genre and found it repetitive. Five out of ten. It must not have been the continual orchestra strikes. Yeah. Graham says, a, a side-scrolling shmup where you control an owl. 
the Psygnosis Company logo, though. We've busted that myth wide open. Flying through six levels, the game is visually impressive with three layers of parallax scrolling and palette swapping and flashing to make this look stunning. Sounds are decent, and the game plays hard, but very fairly. It's not as difficult as other shmups, making this one of my favorites on the Amiga. 7.5 out of 10. Mm. And finally, Duncan Styles says, You won't find a better animated bird on the Amiga. True. Think Amiga graphics, and you think of that typical Psygnosis style seen in many of their games, used here again to great effect. I wish more enemies were animated and not simply static. Didn't like the engraved music. Too many crashes and stabs. Ugh. Gameplay-wise, it's an unremarkable shooter. Good, but not great. Seven out of ten. You know, Duncan also, as I was watching Jacob, I mentioned something that was that was actually mentioned by the uh, fellow that did the blog. I was talking about that Frank Sauer when they discussed on having the owl as the logo for this game as the I mean as the uh, actual player character. He did mention that part of the reason they were all obsessed with owls was because of the movie Labyrinth. Mm. So, and which is what Dun- I don't know if Duncan knew that or just mentioned it in jest, but that's that's one of the places that they got the idea. I'm gonna for the have owl. to watch that in because I don't remember an owl in Labyrinth. Is it's he funny. like a mean guy? Yeah, and it's funny. We've got a Labyrinth calendar right now in my. <laughs> My mm. living room. We love Labyrinth. You know, it's funny. I'm reading a uh, biography of Jim Henson. Oh, yeah? And literally, as I was doing the dishes, I'm listening to it on an audiobook. They were talking about Labyrinth. Do you know who Jim Henson originally wanted to play Jareth? It was like, was it like Mick Jagger or something like something? No, or no, it was, uh, God, I've heard this. Who was it? Go ahead. Sting. Sting. That's who it was. <laughs> and his, his two sons were like, no. Yeah. No. Sting is a flash in the pan. You need somebody established. Well, st- you need Bowie. Oh, to be fair, Sting was not a flash. At the, the time, pan. Sting was a flash in the pan. I don't. The I can't police had been year. around. It was '86. The police. This, had, so this is before he did Dune and stuff, right? Sting was in Dune. Wasn't he in Dune? I don't know, but that doesn't necessarily make you not a flash in Tell the pan. Tell me out, guys. Sting in Dune, right? I haven't seen Dune, but. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I tell you who I have seen, all these fine folks in the chat with us right now. Picard 2005, Edvin Helland, Necronom, Lobsterminator X, Duncan Styles, Eric Sundstrom, Neville Overman. Uh, thank you guys, Amiga Bong, Barkbit, for being with us. Uh, we record Amigos almost every Friday live around 5 ish, four ish, somewhere around there. Um, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Amigos Retro Gaming, and watch us live. Join in on the chat. It's always a good time. I also want to announce the winners of last week's. It wasn't Dune. Last week's uh, supporter song challenge. Uh, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can find both ways to support us, either on Patreon or through PayPal at everythingamiga.com/support. I want to congratulate Kate Fox and Pixels at Dawn. Last week's Patreon song challenge was Bicycle Race by Queen. Mm -mm. You don't know that song, do you? I've heard it. It's college music. Queen? I I don't know. I don't even know what college music is. Clearly not. This week, if you know this week's supporter song challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. And I will include you in the list of winners when we record our show next week. Deckard, Threepwood, Gary, Heather. Free lunch to eight, fight Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobster, Minator. Craig McClellan, 10-Minute Amigo Retrocast. Counting virtual sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew. Summon Rose, Joseph Harrison. 
Colette Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Darren Lowe, Max Con 419, Bogbid Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chekote Level, Old John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRose, the creepy dead boy, Figgy CTZ, the slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard Mortensen, Evan Helen Blindo, 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, tapes from the crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Homebridge, Stad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason and Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Nice. Thank you. I got that one. It was Mick Jagger. I got that one. I wouldn't sting. No. Uh, next week, Aaron, we're taking a dip into the pool of point-and-click adventure games. Our favorite pool to enter. You love that pool, don't you? I do. I do. It's Heart of China. That was a Blondie song, I think. Right? Uh, no. Hmm. Heart of China? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. Looks like the real thing. Some of yeah. Was, that, was no. that Blondie that sang that? You're taking Heart of Glass. Well, China, glass, it's fragile. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's true. Roger Dean, bringing it back on in there. You like Blondie? Were you a Blondie fan? No. Debbie Harry? She's one of these girls that was 40 when she was famous. She, she was already sort of old, and now she's just... Are you bad-mouthing Debbie? Yeah. Why? You didn't like Blondie? They came out in the early 80s like a bomb. Oh, yeah. They were huge. They were awesome. But she was like a she was a playmate in like 1965. But she, she's still awesome. She, she, she was in that punk movement. She was, she's was she been around forever. She was in the punk movement because it was the popular thing to do at the time. Oh, my she, God. She also raps. Do you want to hear her rap? I've heard her rap. It's her, no good. Her, uh, uh, she was in the original rap. It had, was it, Fab Five Freddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why that never gets uh, mentioned. You hear that all the time. I've heard that song a million times. Fab mm. Five Freddy told me everything was fly. Remember that song? You remember that? No? No one plays that song. People don't remember it. You're not, not on the channels you listen to. Tune off the college music and get some of the old retro going, man. You'll hear it. Okay. Okay, I will. All right, guys. Thanks, as always, for watching. Uh, make sure you uh, check 